welcome to Mythical Magic, the podcast where we talk about commander, constructed, limited, and useless magic information. Uh, I'm your host, David, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Jimmy. You didn't do it, Dave. What you the hell did I do? You did I the did... same thing. What did I do? I said, the, I said my good buddy, Jimmy. Yeah, like, you're I, supposed to go, how's it going? Ex- that well, way I, I have like a segue to come in instead of I said the same th- I said exactly what you told me to wrote. Exactly God what you told me to wrote. Right, wrote. I wrote what you told me to write. Okay, well just keep going because I can edit that together and it'll sound really funny. Okay. Uh, how are you today, Jimmy? I'm doing okay. You know, I can't get my co host to like act properly, but you know, other than that, it's going really good. <laughs> Do you know what we're doing today? Uh, yeah, we're talking about lore. Yeah, I know. I told you before we started recording. I told you before we started recording. That is true. You did. I apologize. Um, if you're if you're just tuning in for the first time, um, we're actually going to do an episode where we talk about magic lore, where we recount magic history starting from the way, 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 way back when uh, all of this started, uh, going all the way forward, hopefully catching up with the current expansion and uh, sets. Uh, we've done one uh, an episode ago where we talked about the beginning of the Planeswalkers, Dominaria, uh, Mistra, and Urza, and the Phyrexian War, and the aftermath of that, and Karn ascending. But that's spoilers, because if you don't know what we're talking about, you want to go back and listen to that one. Oh, yeah, you Today. definitely want to go back and listen to that one. That one was awesome. <laughs> you you loved it a lot. Yeah, that might be my favorite episode so far. Oh, well then, buckle in. <laughs> Until now. Yeah, because it's gonna it's getting magical. Uh, oh, I should have said mythical. Oh, missed opportunity. You can anyway. still say it, I can edit it no. in. <laughs> so uh today we're gonna be starting with the set onslaught, which is if you're looking for like a kind of time frame with magic events, that's where we're picking up. The year is four thousand three hundred and five. So that's some judging. So the rest of the kind of nonsense with the Frexians has died down now, Jimmy. Um, they've 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 been defeated. They've been pushed back. The portal in the caves of Coilos is closed. It's destroyed. Urza is air quotes dead. Karn has uh, ascended, and he's all like, "I gotta go," and he planes walks away. I'm just assuming that this is the Frexians are dead for now, because as we've learned from the well, past podcast, they are they have an incredible work ethic. Yeah, you just can't like, keep them down. They're cockroaches. They're they're multi. They're like they're like multiversal cockroaches. Oh man, you made them sound so lame just now. That's I, really well, gross. <laughs> I liked them before. You, you try to stomp on them and they just. That get might just be because I've never played with them though. Uh, I mean, mechanically wise, I guess they're okay. Um, so we're gonna pick up uh, on a content called. I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher every name I say, and I hope people mock me for it. Um, I'll correct you. Don't worry. <laughs> Ataria. You didn't say anything, so I'm yeah. I don't know. Part. I don't. I don't know if that's right. I've never heard of that place before. So, you might be right. <laughs> it's a, a an adjacent continent to Dominaria. So Dominaria, it's kind of confusing, right? So Dominaria is not only the name of the plane where Dominaria exists, but it's also the name of the continent that we usually hang out on when we're here. Yeah, basically all of the planes, or all of the sets up until we leave Dominaria, are all on Dominaria, I don't know how to say it in a different way, but right, all right. of the magic's history up to this point has all happened on Dominaria, right? 
Right. It's been focused there. We do go to other planes. Like, we've gone to, like, the Sarah Realm. We've gone to Wrath. Like, that's where uh, Frexir was being built. But for the most part, we focused on Dominaria. So another continent on Dominaria is called Ontario. So we're there. We're hanging out. We're having a good time. So there's this group called the Cabal, all right? And you might have heard me talking about the Cabal uh, before. The Cabal is basically just a black-aligned, evil bunch of wizards, minions, sorcerers. Just It's it's an occult. Like, they're just not good people. They're like, ah, join us or we'll stab you or blackmail you. Yeah, but I've heard that they have really good therapy sessions. They don't. No? They don't. <laughs> no, because their therapy is having uh, these special sorcerers called um, dementias. And they specialize in black aligned like uh, mental magic like making conjuring nightmares and making you you know affect your memories oh, so and the ball therapy of the card is actually something bad happening to you yes oh, oh yeah well that's you're doing it to your, opponent. your mental health no you're doing it to your opponent oh uh, i guess that's true though though fun fact uh back in the early 2000s um in vintage type one uh the set the um the format where everything is legal um, there's only, there's like nothing banned basically. And there's only restrictions. So basically like super legacy, there was a play that people made where you would cabal therapy yourself, naming a specific card to get into the graveyard faster. Um, decks like reanimator would use it. So you'd like turn people one. still do that, don't they? Uh, if they do, I'm not aware of it. I, I thought mean, they did that with like Hogak and stuff like that. Oh, do they? But, oh, I guess they could. Yeah. All right. Maybe. But like you would turn one like swamp. Dark Ritual, Cabal Therapy, Acroma, put Acroma into the graveyard, reanimate, and then look at your opponent and be like, take six? And your opponent's like, well, I guess I'll take six. Uh, get fucked? Cool. Yeah, kind of. So anyway, so uh, the Cabal has uh, a kind of officer, and his real name, uh, not really needed to be known, but because Magic players are going to know him as Chainer. Uh, popular card, Chainer the Legendary Creature from Torment, Chainer, uh, Chainer's Edict. Chainer, while out and about having a good time, discovers something. He discovers a silver orb, and this orb is called the Morari. Ooh. Yeah, right, yeah. So the Morari is an artifact, and spoiler alert, it has unspeakable power. Um, it showed up during, uh, well, not really during, a little after the Phyrexian invasion. I mean, you say unspeakable power, but we're talking about it right now. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not talking about its power, though. I'm just saying it. Ooh, touche. You got me. Yeah, got me. Yeah, yeah. Checkmate, atheists. <laughs> Chainer got the Morari. So the Morari has a couple of special properties. One, it has a low-level wish-granting ability on it, where your most deepest, darkest desires get made into reality. Um, it also has, for some strange odd reason, kind of like a monkey's paw effect on it, where when you have that wish granted, usually a disaster befalls you as well. So you end up getting what you wanted most, but then hubris kicks in and then something bad happens to you, which usually just ends up with the person dying for the most part, but whatever. Mm. On yeah, on top of that, anybody that sees the Mirage or is within its general vicinity has this unimaginable urge to take it um it's like a lust for it a powerful desire to just obtain it like a very golem ring thing thinking the thinking actually the morari as the the ring from lord of rings honestly makes a lot of sense so everybody that sees it instantly becomes every D, &D character i've ever played and they just want to steal everything got it uh they, well they just want to steal the morari okay well i mean yeah, yeah. all my D, D characters are like notoriously for being like yeah i'm gonna take that 
<laughs> well, okay. So yeah. Um, so anyway, Chainer discovers the the Marare. Um, him and a couple other people, they try to they uh, him and these two other guys try to use it like channeling its power. They get killed in the process of trying to harness the Marari's power. Chainer's like, okay, maybe maybe we want to not do this. So Chainer goes back to his boss, the Cabal Patriarch, because that's how the Cabal set up. They have a patriarch in charge, and he's all like, hey, you can you can have this. Like I'm a good guy. You should totally like me now and wait the patriarch- Ch- Chainer is not in charge of the the cabal no 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 well not yet he's like an underling but a high level a decently high level underling so he gives it to the patriarch and the patriarch's like sweet thanks for this this is super awesome um cabal, uh, Chainer's like great cool give me a promotion gets a promotion goes on his merry way and does a bunch of stuff now meanwhile while this is all transpiring there's another dude walking around there's a guy named Kamal so Kamal is a du- is a barbarian he lives, like, out in the mountains, blah, blah, blah. He's this, like, red dude that runs around slashing people. And eventually he starts doing, you know, barbarian things. And he gets put into a pit fight. So he starts being a pit fighter. Ooh. Yeah, he's super cool. So Kamal's super angry all the time. You know, stabby, stab, stab, and all these other things. Um, when the Marari is taken to the Patriarch, Kamal uh, is currently in the pit fights so what ends up happening is like he gets to the lore of the mirage like he feels it pulling at pulling him uh through some silly machinations uh cabal ends up cabal kamal they have very up, similar names it's really they really yeah it is it's super hard when you're trying to like especially like when i'm trying to like say it in a decent tempo i'm like all right cabal kamal kamal namal small campbell's campbell soup love campbell soup I don't. I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> i just not a fan of soup. I don't like soup. Uh, you like Hot Pot. I do. I do. Every, but that's not soup. Fuck, Hot Pot sounds really good right now. Oh, uh, well, you can go. I can't. So it must be nice. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Anyway. Um, all right. Anyway. Uh, so Kamal wants it to like amplify himself because he's in the pit fights and he's basically like, I want to be super strong and... I'm going to – like, that's what I want to do. So he's, he's trying to steal the Mirari for that. Uh, doesn't, go over too, doesn't, doesn't go over too well. Causes this big kerfuffle in the whole uh, Cabal city because that's where the Cabal located. In a city named after themselves because that's not, you know, pretentious at all in the least bit. I mean, if they own the city, they can name it whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I, I mean, you're not wrong. Um so what ends up happening is classic 90s movie uh, car chase with a bunch of people stealing the Marari and then losing the Marari and then, you know, grocery cart produce stands getting knocked over in the street. And they have to keep using the same background because they only have one reel. Yeah, right. Perfect. You Got get it. it. Yeah. Uh, the Marari is taken back at, by a new character, well, not a new character, new character for you, named Braids. Braids is another Dementra uh, caster for the Cabal. She is basically mildly crazy. So the thing with dementias, they they have powerful magic and nightmare creation, but they lose pieces of their mind. They they they're not lucid. They can't you know they're going insane slowly. I mean that makes sense. That's how dementia works in real life. Right. Braids is one of the few who, though, is pretty crazy, has been able to keep a fair amount of her sanity, and makes her a very powerful being so she's basically harnessing all this crazy magic and the backlash of it 
isn't nearly as bad for her. So it makes her a little bit more effective. So she's a pretty prized uh, dementia caster for the Cabal. She ends up getting getting the the Mirari. And she's like, well, now that I got this, like, you guys can all just start off, you dumb wankers. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, she has a British accent. Yeah. Uh, however, unfortunately, this leads to even a greater problem of an uh, accident in the Cabal City leading, it to getting, it, leading to Cabal City basically being ravaged. Kamal kills Chainer in the process, um, and the Mirari goes kind of like off. It gets lost in translation. Now, what happens here, though, is Kamal kind of has a look at himself, and he's like, oh, what have I done? Like, all this destruction, all this madness. He's like, I got to take, a, I gotta take a, a step back. So he does what any good main character would do, is he goes back to the forest, and he meditates under a waterfall. Okay, that's, okay. that's what I was thinking, because I've played Commander a couple of times, uh, and I, in one of my decks I do have a, a green card that I thought referenced him, but you said he was a red pit fighter, and I was like... Mm-hmm. Huh, I thought he had a green card that lets you draw a bunch yeah. of cards. So he starts off as Kamal the Pit Fighter, and then after that, when he re- uh, goes back to the uh, forest, corrosion, the Corrosive Forest, he actually gets some tutelage, um, some from the druids there, and he becomes uh, Kamal, the Fist of Corrosa. Um, he is effectively trained like a druid, so he gets harn- he able to harness green magic. Um, cool. His first card is mono red, respectively, and his green card is... Mono green. The second card is mono green. Oh, he just drops all the red entirely. He drops all the red. He drop. He drops it like a tot, like literally <laughs> and figuratively. At the same time, he has a sister, his, and his sister's name is Jessica. And Jessica's super cool. And Jessica also fights in the pits sometimes. Um, Jessica finds out all this stuff about her brother, and she's all like, "I gotta go help my brother." Um, unfortunately, he's in the middle of a real midlife crisis. He really is. Fortunately, she finds a friend named Centon, a uh, centaur, Centon the centaur. Not kidding. This is it real? Really? It's yeah. Centaur the centaur. Centon the it, centaur. They don't, they don't call him that, but like that's some lazy ass writing. <laughs> <laughs> I, then no one ever says Centon the centaur. Like, but we do, because that's who he is. He's Centon the centaur. That's just lazy. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, yeah. So the Morari finds its way back to uh, the forest where Kamal is. Um, his training is not done yet, and he wasn't ready. Uh, Obi-Wan didn't train him hard, hard enough yet. And so the Morari's influence takes him over again. So he like has this like rage, and is at the exact same time that Senton and Jessica are coming back to say hi to him. And in that... In that uh, like moment, he lashes out because he's like, no, oh, the Marari is mine. And he ends up hurting his own sister, which is super sad in all honesty because him and his sister are good friends. Like they're not like a, you know, tease each other type of thing. Like, like I care about you, sister. And he's like, she's like, I care about you, brother. And then this is while he's know. the fist of Corosa or whatever. Um, it, This is a transitional period. So it's kind of like he hasn't transitioned over yet. Oh, uh, OK. So he lashed. He yeah. seemed more so like he, introspective before like, right. while he was green. So. Yeah, so he has gone to the forest to try to reclaim himself, try to calm down. But at the same time, um, you know, the Mari ends up getting in the forest with him and its influence overtakes him. So he lashes out and he strikes his sister. Uh, A bunch of other people die and Kamal's like, cool, I got to, no. So he 100% becomes a druid and he leaves the Mirari in the forest. He's like, this is is where it's got to stay. He just abandons it? 
No, no, no. He like he planted like in the forest. And he's like, this is like you know, like this is not for everybody. Let's keep it safe in the forest. However, the Marari has uh, emanates waves, and all those waves spread out across the entire continent, mutating the continent, making like the forest grow, making like mountains changes, raising elementals, and obviously just calling out the people. Oh, you mean like a Marari's wake? Yes, actually, yeah. <laughs> literally, yes. Like, yeah. points for you for that one. Yes, that's quite literally what happens. Um, if that was a card now, it would be a storylight card, a, a spotlight card probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, you so, think so, but I mean, Wizards yeah. isn't really focusing that hard on the story right now. So maybe I not. love Wizards, and Wizards does nothing wrong. Anyway, so Braids shows up, and Braids is doing what Braids does best. She's killing people. So she kills Centon the Centaur. Oh, no, not Centon the Centaur. Yes, Centaur the Centaur is sent gone. Um, uh, So the the Mara thing happens. Braids Braids basically is getting rid of people that are a problem to the Cabal. Like, that's really what it boils down to. She's like, I'm just going to go and kill people because they're a problem for us. So she's super strong. Is she the head of the Cabal? No. So okay. right now, so right now, uh, there is a new patriarch that is imposed on the cabal. Basically, just m- new new person just steps up. So on f- so unfortunately, during this tussle and Kamal having left his sister, Kamal left his sister in Senton's care. So when Braids kills Senton, she's like, "Oh look, a pretty girl," and she's like, "I'm gonna take you." So they take her, and they take her back to the the uh, cabal city, or what's left of it at the very least. And she basically ends up um, being experimented on and changed and infused oh. basically with a curse. And Jessica oh, becomes no. Phage. I oh. know as Phage the Untouchable. Right? Yeah, right? Spoiler. That's, I mean, that sucks for her, but that's really cool. Zelda was chic the whole time. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so... Um, Phage the Untouchable, if you don't know, is obviously a transformed Jessica. She has the special power and curse that the current Cabal Patriarch has as well. That anything that they touch, they basically kill. It's so who so who is this this new this Jeff Bezos of the Cabal Patriarch that just took over? So like I want to go into it, but I'm going to be really honest with you. They're useless and they're stupid. And okay, not important. Got it. They're really not. Like it's just not important. Just like Jeff Bezos. There's, yeah, there's a whole like little subplot of like the patriarch and like getting re- having a child and getting reborn. I'm gonna be honest with you, it's just really creepy, nasty, and stupid. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, listen, like, do you want the good stuff or do you want the bad stuff? Uh, I want it all, Dave. Uh, did you know phage is Greek for eater? Uh, I feel. I mean, yeah, that sounds about right. Like it reminds me right? of Faya yogurt. Yeah, there that you fa- go. that phage yogurt. Yeah, I love that phage yogurt. Um, so also, every person that phage uh, touches and kills, it makes a seed. And that seed uh, is the, basically the egg of a death worm. A what? A death worm. A death, so a death worm or death? A death worm. A death worm. A death worm. Yep. I don't know what that is. It's a worm of death. Like, oh, I okay. I, don't I still know don't know what that is. It. It's a death worm. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're they're death worms. Like that that that's it. Like there's nothing else to that. Are they just like worms with death touch? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, so they're 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 phages unique. They're made from phages unique constitution. Like and like they regurgitate out of her. 
Oh, gross. And they and then like they spew beetles out of their mouth and they get really big and like they're embod- they're embodiment of murder. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's not She sounds like they're a like, hoot. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're basically like an embodiment of Phage's power personified to a degree. They don't play that big of a part in the story other than like in like as a background like mechanic because they're not in the they're not really in the the cards and they're not even really in the book oh they're no they're not there. they don't have their own they're, card like at all i i think there's a worm but like they're never it's never like truly like this is a death worm type of thing huh um but it matters for the for the continuity of page as a whole oh, man, anyway cool if she got her own planeswalker card page? She made well, death worms. well hold that thought not the card but just anyway so phage then goes and kills uh this random chick who, whatever, doesn't matter. Anyway, that chick is important because it is the hottie McCottenstein of a local illusionary wizard uh, named Ixidor. Never heard of him. Never heard of Ixidor? No, Are I've never serious? heard of Ixidor. Oh, my goodness. So, Ixidor is uh, a pit champion just similar to, like, Kamal, except he uses illusions. Very powerful illusions. Um, is pit he lost... like, a big thing? Yeah, for the Cabal, absolutely. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So Ixidor lost all of his fame and fortune after his love, who was just killed, uh, by Phage in Cabal Pit Fights. Um, he gets so upset, he just, like, bails and he's like, I can't do anything. I've lost everything in my, my life. And he just wanders into the desert. And he's like, I got to go. I don't know. Through his intense grief and frustration, and, and bear with me here, <laughs> through his intense grief and frustration... His illusionary magic combined with his hatred and mourning and loss, he mentally creates a reimagination of his love. Okay. But it's a little skewed, and he loses his left arm, and it forms an actual person, an actual being is born. And he creates what is known for us as a chroma. Oh, Right? Mind blown again. Huh. Yeah. 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 That still sucks Any, that he lost his arm, though. Yeah, well, you know. Um, so, after that, he's like, oh. Um, uh, okay, well, cool. Let's uh, let's do stuff, uh, Chroma. And she's like, sure, whatever you want. Like, all for you, man. And he's like, let's go wage war against the Cabal and kill Phage for killing you who's not you. And she's like, cool, let's do it. Yeah, that's a supportive <laughs> girlfriend. That's what's, what's wrong right, with that? that? Who doesn't want that kind of girlfriend? I want my girlfriend to have flying, first strike, vigilance, protection from black, and protection from red. I have no response. <laughs> what? I'm just saying, wouldn't you? All right, whatever. So, um, so anyway, uh, they go and they wage war. Uh, he uses his illusionary magic and this power that he has to just start making real things. And he makes a whole army for a chroma. And she's all like, does it, let's do this. Does he have to lose a part of his body no, every time he does it? He, no, he doesn't this time. It's very weird. Huh. Yeah, magic, magic lore is weird. Um, so <clears throat> they go and they wage this army. And then they get onto the battlefield and Phage is there. And she's killed a bunch of people at this point. So she's made a bunch of death worms. One of the death worm, one of one of the death worms, specifically representing the death of his lover, because when he killed, uh, how could you when, possibly when, know that which one is which? Like, do they just because look like, like I don't know? They wear name tags. Like, what do you want from me? I wasn't there. I'm just recounting it. So, 
<laughs> so this death worm rises up and consumes Ixodor and needs to like chomp. And it's like, smell you later. Anticlimactic. Yeah, well, I mean, give it a give it a second. Uh because there's more. <laughs> and that's so what his war- spark ignites? No, he is not a planeswalker. Yeah, I was going to say, I but, thought that's where you were going the first time. I was like, I've never heard of this yeah, planeswalker no, before. Interesting, no, interesting. No, no. He was, I mean, he has a legendary creature card. I mean, so does a lot of people. Well, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Anyway, so remember I was telling you, like, how the patriarch, um, where, like, there's a whole subplot where, like, he dies and he's, like, trying to get reincarnated and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that basically happens, and I'm going to make this real quick because it's a really creepy uh, subplot. Uh, somehow, um, like, the old patriarch and and Phage have a baby, and the oh. baby is reincarnation of him. I thought everything she touched died. Yeah, it's weird and it's creepy, and there's some, like, suggestive things that make you wonder how that works. You know, because Phage doesn't actually like the Patriarch in that mind, in that way. So you know what? We're just not going to touch on it, and we're just going to go, cool, Patriarch kind of got, like, reborn as a, little, as a little kid. Weird. Yeah, it's... Still can't go yeah, over the weird... Never mind. <laughs> right. So anyway, so the rest... So the next part of the story is really focused on Akroma and Phage having fights. There's a whole bunch of... Uh, it clashes with them. And every time... Uh, phage, phage and Akroma clash. Phage always seems to get the upper hand. The first in their first in their first outing before. Uh, well, I'm sorry. When it, right right around when uh, Ixodor dies, um, Phage touches Akroma's um, lower body, dealing you know a bunch of damage to it. So Ixodor repairs her, and he repairs her by conjuring with his mind a tiger. And then he takes that tiger and he takes uh, a chroma and he fuses them together so that a chroma has a tiger lower half. Body. What? Yeah. <laughs> this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, then, I mean, the so then fuck? the stuff happened. Yeah. So, so Exodor died anyway, or at least got swallowed up by the death worm. Um, and it's, and it's weird. A chroma does some more stuff where her and Phage fight and they meet on top of like this tower and Phage is like, no, maybe maybe we don't need to fight no more. And, Phage, uh, and Chroma's like, no, we're fighting. And then Chroma loses her bottom half again. But this time she's like, I don't want to have a kitty body. I'm just going to put swords in my legs instead. What? Yeah. Jesus yeah, they Christ. Don't, they, don't, they, don't, they, don't, they don't depict this on the card very well. Yeah, I, guess, I hope not. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so it turns out Ixodor wasn't actually dead. Um, the death worm that consumed him, he was actually able to live inside the death worm for a little while. That's so, like, not how the name would depict it. Like, it's... It's a death worm, right? You would think that if you get swallowed by a death worm, you die. Well, I mean, you should always chew your food. That's always what I say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it was the death worm that killed his sister, right? So maybe the death worm. No, no, had no, his some... lover, not his sister. His, his lover. lover, my bad. His, right. his sister okay. is Phage, right? No, 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 no. Kamal's sister is Phage. Oh, Ixidor's, I'm sorry. You're right. Ixidor's, I'm Ixidor's I'm yeah, um, um imaginary recreation of his lover is a chroma. His fake girlfriend. Got it. Yeah, fake girlfriend. Um. So anyway, Chroma's all like, oh, Exodore, you're alive. I missed you so much. And he's like worshiping like this like fake image of the girl that he loved. And he's like, now leave me. I'm with, I'm with her now. This is all I need. And Chroma's like, but that's not real. 
And he's like, you're not real. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> and then I assume she slapped him. <laughs> no, she's like, oh, I get it. Like, you're upset. And then she understands him. And she's like, all right, well, I'm still going to go avenge you. Okay, uh, thanks. Bye. And he's like, cool. And then he's dead again. So, I mean, but for real, for real reals this time. Good. He sucks. Except he wasn't actually. So anyway, God damn um, <laughs> so anyway, the whole stuff with the uh, corona happened. So meanwhile, uh, Kamal is in exile. He's all like, everything is bad. Everything is terrible. And he kind of starts blaming himself. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to take care of this. So he does what he does best. He runs away. No, he goes back to Carosa. He takes the Marari and he slaps that son bitch on the bottom of a sword. And he goes, this is the Marari sword. That's not what it's called, but TM, trademark, patent pending. Is that a thing? Like, is that depicted on a card ever? Because I've never heard of that sword. Uh, Unless, wait, yes. hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that the sword of the Animist? No. Ah, fuck. Nice try. The sword of the Animist, quick side note, is actually a sword that Nissa uses uh, during her first couple of appearances. Nissa's original backstory was Nissa that she's a... have a sword? Yeah, Nissa's original backstory is that she's actually a warrior elf, and she's a bit of a, re- a rebel. She kind of gets retconned slash to be a whiny a bitch. <laughs> I mean, you said it, not me. But she okay. was so much cooler back then. Then that I sucks. Mean, I mean, whatever. Don't they worry should about have it. kept her awesome and badass. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things. A proud, strong about. woman instead of you know mm-hmm. a crybaby. Yeah, well, that was the breaks. Well. So anyway, so uh, what, uh, what was it? oh, so Kamal takes the Marari, straps her sword, and he's like, "I'm gonna end this once and for." all spoiler alert he doesn't end yeah everybody that's ever said that has been totally (laughs) wrong right so anyway in this big triumphant climactic battle uh except it's not really triumphant or climactic um uh phage actually has been able during the meantime to revert back to jessica she's all like oh like i think i'm okay now but remember we talked about how the death worms are basically an extension of her power Mm -hmm. um the battlefield is ravaged, and Akroma's forces are fighting the Death Worms and fighting all these other, like, Cabal people. And Jessica's like, like, you know, I could get rid of all these Death Worms that are killing these people if I just take them back into my body. But then I'll be phased again. Yeah. So, she's like, so she's like, I got to do it. Because deep down, Jessica's is actually a really good person. She's not a bad person at all. So she takes all the death worms into her body and she becomes phage again. And Akroma's all like, phage! And phage is all like, what? And then Kamal, Kamal shows up out of nowhere and he's all like, stop it! And he basically swings to kill Akroma, but he also ends up hitting phage as well. And then were this is like, going to sound... Were phage and Akroma like buddies? I thought they were enemies. No, they are. They were like fighting each other. Oh, okay. Right. And then, like, this other chick jumped in the middle of the fight, but don't worry about that, because that really doesn't make any much much more sense either. So anyway, uh, he swings a sword, but the Marari, instead of slicing them and killing them, um, it makes them do the fusion dance. Uh, what? And they fuse into Corona. <laughs> what? All right, let me replay that for you again. So, uh, Phage, uh, Jessica takes the Deathworms back into her on the battlefield while the Yeah, I got it, Dave. You don't have to do the whole recap. I'm just confused. Oh, no, no, no. Trust me. I do. <laughs> Akroma uh, sees Phage and goes, Phage, and Phage sees Akroma and Phage goes, huh? And then they all uh, come at each other, and then Kamal comes up out of nowhere, and he's like, not today. And he swings at both of them, and then this other person jumps in the middle, but don't worry about it. And uh, strikes him with those smart Dutch, don't worry about it, um, and strikes him with the Marari sword, uh, causing this big blinding flash, and then they do the fusion dance, and a new being is born called Corona. But who is the third person? It, it's, it's not. It's not Dave, I need to know. The audience <laughs> needs to know. 
<laughs> they don't. <laughs> she, she was a human woman. All right. Uh, she had conflict with Ixidor and Kamal. Um, she worked uh, for the Cabal. Like she a love was triangle a, kind of thing. Yeah, no, um, oh, she. Well. Now I'm immediately disinterested. <laughs> she didn't like Ixidor, um, and she like found she she went to some like she found asylum in some sanctum. She became the leader of this stupid little city. Um, like she just didn't like the Cabal. So she's not like a like a main plotline character then. No, not at all. No. No, uh, like it's all it. It literally it doesn't even need to be. It, it doesn't. <laughs> don't worry, I'll cut all this out. Nobody needs to hear about this. No, character. they need to know about the terrible character that no one knows because then they'll want to look it up and like they'll deep dive, deep dive more into the lore, and then they'll come back and be like, oh. Wow, so we're actually saving them by telling them how bad she is. Got it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, moving on. So, uh, so Corona's here. Get ready, because. <sighs> so this is a thing. So Corona is a manifestation of the mana on Dominaria or something like that. Is she all five colors? Uh, yeah, she is. She is a legendary creature. Nailed it. Yeah, good job. I've um, never heard of this character before, though. Does she have her own card? Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. It, like, does some stuff. Um... So anyway, so Corona Corona messes with time. It, it gets it gets real bad. So we'll deep dive. We'll do this. We can talk about characters later. But oh, yeah, I just I just found her card. Yeah. Wow, don't... her card is weird. If anybody yeah. out there, I'm gonna save you the trouble of looking for it. <laughs> uh, it's a, a single generic mana, and then one of each other kind. So it's one a white, a blue, a black, a red, a green, uh, and it's a five five. Uh, legendary creature with haste, and at the beginning of at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player untaps Corona False God and gains control of it. Wow, that already sounds like it sucks. Uh, whenever Corona attacks creatures of the type of your choice, that's poorly worded. Whenever Corona attacks creatures of the type of your choice, get plus three plus three until the end of the turn. Okay, so she's like an anthem for both sides. Only attacking though. Mm-hmm. So weird and bad. Ugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here, let me excuse me. Let me let me let me abridge my abridge for this. Um, so Corona is born. Uh, Corona does not know too much about her overall existence. Um, she just she's questioning everything. Like she questions what she can do. She questions all these like people. But everywhere she goes. For one reason or another, people see her and immediately fall in love with her. They have immediate, like, just auto devotion to her. They love her. They everything about her. They're like, we need Corona. We just, we just need her to touch us. We just need her to whatever us. So she just travels all over Dominaria, and people are like, oh God, let me just touch a foot. Cool. Um, how, however, she's doing nothing but disrupting all the mana on Dominaria. She's like pulling. Uh, imagine it's like the reverse of Marari's wake. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, imagine you had laid out a bunch of string on the ground. Um, then pull one of those pieces of string in one direction harshly and then let it go. Now it's all messed up, right? It's all clumped in one section. Sure. And then do that with another one to the same destination. She's pulling mana to wherever she is and, like, just messing it all up. So places Uh, are... It's probably just magnets. I mean, who knows how they work? 
I mean, no one knows how they work. I can't even imagine. So she travels across the diamond area doing all this, and she's questioning everything. She sees all this war, and she sees all this famine, people rising up making cults and churches about her, and just destroying the plane. Like, it's not a good day uh, at all. Now, not actually uh, um, shown uh, in the book Onslaught, or I guess uh, Legion or whatever, um, Corona does temporarily leave Dominaria. She possesses the ability to, quote-unquote, planeswalk away. Really? That's weird. Yeah. We, we, I, She's the yeah. only character in all of magic history that can do that, though, right? If like Other than planeswalkers. No. I mean, no. Um, really? <laughs> Uh, she ends up somehow meeting Karn, and after the conversation with Karn, she's like, I guess I'll go back to Dominaria. Um, but at this point, she's already made the friggin' a huge um, mess, a huge mess as, as it is. Like, it's just, it's real bad. Um, so, anyhow, uh, this is where it gets a little bit con- controversial. Um, so, in the Legion's book, uh, where Karna does all this nonsense and stuff. There's a part where she's trying to understand what her 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 nature is, what she's supposed to do, where she's supposed to go with everything. Um, she ends up opening three different portals. She opens up portals to speak with people. Um, the first portal she opens up, uh, she describes a man that looks, sounds like, and is almost verbatim our good buddy, Tefri. Um so there's a lot of problems with that. So spoiler alert, Tefri is not Tefri is not dead. Tefri is in a phased out zone with the rest of Zephyr, uh, having protected his hometown from being, I don't know, destroyed for the thirteenth time. Um, <laughs> I mean, um, at least Ursa didn't do it this time, right? Right. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> okay. Point. I just want to make sure. I want to make sure he wasn't she, back already. Right. No, he's not. So she describes Tefri as a god of white mana. Which is which is weird because Tefri's main uh, color alignment has always been blue, always. So it's a bit bit peculiar. Um, also, it doesn't link up with stuff that happens later on. The next portal she opens up is um, uh, basically she talks to Sahara, uh, Sarah, the Sarah Angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really weird because Sarah's already gone. Um, her entire realm, the Sarah Sanctum was used to help funnel the legacy weapon in right, Papa, yeah. Yeah, in Papa she, Urza's when midlife he crisis, whooped him. hot court revamp. Yeah. So she really, in theory, couldn't have been talking to Sarah. The final one, uh, Porto, she opens up, um, is to Yagmoth. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and later on, you find out through a conversation that Lord Wingrace and Karn had um, that it was confirmed that Yogmoth is supposed to be truly dead after the Phyrexian invasion. Now, there's a lot of problems with that because, I mean, yeah. So, so if she talked to Sarah and she talked to Yogmoth, then maybe the portals that she opened up are, they break, like, time. Like, maybe she well, also has time powers. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, a lot of people uh, agree um, that... That she's either imagining these things, that she has access to these type of somehow events and people, like historically, because she's like the embodiment of mana, effectively, and that she's just doing that, and that like they're halluci- hallucina- hallucinations, 
hallucinations. She, yeah, what you said. Um, or that they're alternate realities of these characters. So it is all but confirmed that magic does have alternate realities because of what happens in the next set that we'll be talking about, uh, Planar Chaos and Time Spiral, Ugh. where there's literally <sighs> different timelines. So it, she's either hallucinating Great. or peering into different timelines. It's a very confusing little second. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, so the long short of it and all this, all this nonsense and everything that happens is just this big, big dump that Corona is destroying the plane of Dominaria. And she starts to realize it. Uh, these two dudes that were once cockroaches but turned into unmen. Uh, Wait, when cabal. you say cockroaches, do you mean Phyrexians? Yep. Nope, I mean the cockroach, the bug. What the fuck? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. So the Cabal did a lot of experiments, and they basically made this race of men called the Unmen, who were just, like, manufactured dudes. And these two dudes, uh, named Sash and Waistcoat, uh, follow Corona around as they're kind of as they're kind of la- uh, lackeys and henchmen. You know, I wanted to shit on them, but that's a pretty fucking cool lo- names. Right, I thought so too. But this doesn't—it doesn't sound that dissimilar from Urza's like, uh, what was it called? Oh my goodness, open not open heart. What the fuck was it called? The Bloodline Project. This doesn't sound that dissimilar from his Bloodline Project. Oh, what? Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. Okay, well, let's get back on track. I'll just cut all that shit. <laughs> um. So, Sash and Waistcoat have been around this whole time, but they haven't been really doing much. They're background characters that kind of just putz around. They're basically goofballs. Uh, They're playing, like, the role of, like, the 90s sidekick characters. Anyway, so, uh, Kamal is like, she's got to go. She's no good. Um, So, with the Marari sword, Sash and Waistcoat, who are seemingly unaffected by Corona's abilities, for whatever reason, pierce the, the Marari sword through corona they stab her even though they're her henchmen well they're willingly just following her they're they're goofballs like any type of like sidekick yeah but like you'd still think like i would think that her henchmen wouldn't like just turn on her like nothing like well there's a little it gets it's a little deeper because throughout the whole story sash and waistcoat are like well we don't have anything and you don't have anything so like we should all hang out and she's like all right, cool. Like, you guys aren't going crazy over devotion for uh, having devotion to me. And they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. So they find, like, mutual, like, com- camaraderie. Sash and Waistcoat don't have anything or anyone, and they never have. And then Corona doesn't know anything, and she only has these people that love her for no good reason. So she found friends, and they found friends. So it's kind of like a mutual camaraderie. That they're like doing a click. Now. Got it. Yeah. Um, the sad part is that Sash and Waistcoat eventually, through their goofy nature, realize that Corona is not good for the world or the plane. Mm. That she's just, not that she's evil, but what she's doing is unhealthy. And they oh, realize like lots that, of our friends in high school. Um, most of my friends in high school. <laughs> um, anyway. Sometimes you just outgrow people. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Corona basically slumps over and she's been, she's been got. Then uh, a mysterious stranger shows up and takes the sword and her back to uh, another plane, uh, takes her away to another plane. Spoiler alert. Like her corpse or just? Yeah, the corpse. Yeah. So hold on. So spoiler alert, that person that shows up is none other than our good buddy, the metal golem with a great memory, Karin. Well, I Karin. mean for 20 years and then he wipes all his memories. because No, he's... it's gone now. <laughs> Remember? The cap, the memory cap is removed. He's good. Um 
so Karin takes her back to a plan that we'll be talking about shortly. Um, and he's all like, wow, I'm going to take this sword out now. And he takes the sword out of, out of Karoma, and guess what happens? She de-digivolves back into the three people that were murdered to make her. <laughs> um, however, however, it doesn't go as well. Sucks. <laughs> it doesn't go as well for two of the ladies. For the random woman who jumped in for no good random reason dies. Uh, a chroma, good I don't know, her. just doesn't work, and she's dead too. But uh, setting Jessica free does something amazing. It makes her spark ignite. Jessica's a planeswalker? It, she is now. Does she have a card? As a planeswalker? Yeah. No. Ah, uh, really? Yeah, don't get me started. What the fuck, wizards? <laughs> um, so... Uh, Jessica, Jessica, Jessica ascends. Uh, Karin takes her to Enigmon, and more on that later. He takes the Mirari with him. He then uses the Mirari to fashion a new being, a being uh, that monitor his plane of Enigmon that he made, called Memnarch. But let's get into that right now. Oh, I've heard of that. Right. So Karin decided after he had left after the Phyrexian invasion and ascended, he was like, you know what? Urza made stuff why can't i make stuff and then he's like well i'm a silver golem why can't i make more silver stuff so he goes so he, <laughs> he manufactures, just wants to be like his dad yeah he just wants to be like dad so he manufactures his own plane and it's called a arginum argentum arginum nope you nailed it the first time arginum arginum Anyway, so he makes his plane. It's just made of pure, like, silver and metal. Like, it's real pretty, real nice. You want to live there. Like, Mirrodin? Hold on. Did I nail it? <laughs> no, you didn't. Ah, fuck. <laughs> so Karin, so Karin's all like, cool, I made this. And then he's like, oh, look, the Mirari now. I have this again. So he melts the Mirari down and uses it to fashion a guardian for his, his cool new plane. And he names the guardian Memnarch. And he's like, hey, Memnarch, I'm going to go out and pick up some groceries. I need you to stay here and monitor this place. And Memnarch's all like, sure, no problem, Dad. I'll catch you later. And Karin's like, cool. And he leaves. And everybody who's ever left their child at home knows nothing bad <laughs> could ever possibly yeah. happen. So Memnarch, so Memnarch turns the TV on, and he's all like, you know, I'm going to rename this place because this is a stupid name. I can't, I can't no, pronounce it. I just it. want to play with matches. Yeah. So he's like, I'm renaming this because this name is too hard to say. So he renames the place Mirrodin. Oh, I did nail it. <laughs> you, did. you got me, Dave. <laughs> uh, so he ends up making a bunch of basically like Ergolums, um, building a society. I'm sorry. My afraid, let, let, me, let me rephrase that. There are Ergolums that have a society on Mirrodin, new Mirrodin, apparently. Um, Memnarch gets pissed, destroys them. He's like, <laughs> "F you golems, you're not cool." He makes these. Oh he makes goodness. these. He makes these devices called soul traps. So, oh no, <laughs> soul traps are super weird and super awkward. Soul Evil. traps have, <laughs> yes, soul traps have the ability to take souls and trap them. Take souls from other beings from other planes and pull those souls to Mirrodin to make new beings that have vague remnants of their past lives oh my God. onto Mirrodin. Wait, so he but he just so Memnarch doesn't know about other planes, right? No, Memnarch does. Okay, but he but he's not like a planeswalker. Like he can't reach over there and just be like, hey let me have no. your soul. So he's using these things that are like 
I'm guessing they're like rocks or whatever that he could just like basically like hold up and be like magic and then fill it with a, somebody else's soul from a different plane yes. altogether that he doesn't know about. No, no, he knows there's other planes. No, no, no. He knows about that. The other people. He doesn't know exactly who his soul he's dealing, right? No, I mean, no, how no, could no, he? no, no. He's not like targeting anyone specifically. He's just randomly evil for no reason. Right. Well, he's it's going a, insane. It's kind of he's like, slow- if I can't he's... see them being affected, then it doesn't affect me. Fuck that. Well, he's slowly going insane for some reason. Oh. I, mean, but... I guess that it's because of the Marari. No. he's what? he is the Mar- He is the Marari, though. Yeah. Remember, the Marari was melted down and turned into him. He's yeah. the Marari. I assumed he... it was like where, uh, I already forgot her name, the, oh my god, the lady yeah. that was three ladies. Oh, Jessica, Phage, Acroma, Corona. Corona. Like so I assume he's yeah. like Corona, where no. the Marari is kind of like pulling up everything apart from inside, nope. but he's not as strong as her because he's not three women. Nope. No. No. Nope. Has nothing to do with girl power. No, unfortunately, there's no gender in this. No. Well. So. Then. So. So for reasons that I know the answer to, but I'm going to leave out for dramatic tension, the world starts creating what's called the Mycosynth. And you might be aware of this with the magic card Mycosynth Lattice. Yeah, so the Mycosynth so starts, annoying. Yeah, well, it's banned. So the Mycosynth starts God. forming. Um, and it's making the line between artifact and natural creatures start to blur and mirror it. So creatures are starting to have metal parts on their body because they're supposed to all be effectively golems. But they're also starting to have flesh and bones on them. Cool. Memnarch, going more and more insane for some strange reason, starts to believe that Karin is visiting him on a regular basis. And he gets delusional and he has like these like subconscious talks with him. And Memnarch's like, I got to become a planeswalker so I can start following dad around. Like, I want to be just like dad. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So he's like, brain blast. Uh, I'm going to make a bunch of moons around Mirrodin that are giant fake artificial mana batteries. And then I'm going to turn it into a machine to transfer the Planeswalker spark of somebody on Mirrodin into myself. And this is the ultimate plan. Nothing bad's going to go wrong. Huh. So, yeah. so Nicol Bolas is not the first person that had this idea. Sure. Okay. But Nicol Bolas, Nicol Bolas did it better. Okay. Now, mind you, he only wants... Now, Memnarch's only trying to get one spark. He's not trying to get a bunch of sparks. He's just trying to get a spark. Okay, so he's not as greedy about it. Right. So with all that in mind, that's kind of building the backstory. That's kind of where the story of Mirrodin, the set as a whole, begins. Um, so we're introduced to this character, uh, character Glissa. She's an elf. Um, and she starts to uncover these mysteries about Mirrodin. Um, the last moon for Mirrodin is about to be launched. Um, the All the different like things in Mirrodin are changing. And... It's crazy, like all this stuff happening. So Glissa goes on like this this adventure to travel across Meriden, meeting a bunch of people. She meets Slobad. She Who? meets Slobad and a uh, goblin. Never heard of him. Really? No. Is that a really funny. popular goblin? Um, I mean, it's, it was a popular character if you read it. If you read it, I guess then. Well, there you go. I wanted to make sure I came into this with uh, fresh eyes, so I didn't read right. anything. Also because I'm lazy. Confirmed. Uh, so anyway, so Glissa meets uh, this goblin Slobad and becoming mutual acquaintances. They become friends, good friends. It's a buddy. It's like a cop, cop buddy drama. Um, they, along the way, come across a giant iron golem called Bosch. 
And Bosch is, well, he's a giant iron golem. And so now they're all friends. And basically the, the events of Mirrodin play out where they go and they fight these things. They fight the leveler. They fight all these other stuff. Memnuk's all like, ha, 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 I'm going to get you. You'll never get away with this, you stupid kids. I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you and your stupid <laughs> Bosch golem. And like all this nonsense happens. They get the sort of Caldra. They make the avatar of Caldra. It's useless. It does nothing. And its cards <laughs> definitely do not represent what it does in the book whatsoever the cards are better and they're not even that good <laughs> anyway so <laughs> oh yeah glissa also like time travels or gets stuck in a temporal trap and gets launched into the future and she it has doesn't infect, matter right no Shh, quiet so anyway <laughs> so anyway eventually it all comes to a head memnark does get a hold of glissa and he's all like ha 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 your spark is now going to be mine and glissa's all like what now and he's like I want your spark. And she's like, I don't. Uh, yeah, she's not a planeswalker, what? right? Yeah. She's like, what? And he's like, you have a spark. And she's like, I don't know what a spark is. And he's like, this isn't, this isn't important. So he takes Glissa's spark into his own body. Oh, wait. So she does have a spark. Yeah. It's just not ignited. Oh. Yeah. I wonder how many people just randomly have sparks that they just like, they live their life. They are just regular people. And then they die. And they're like, Yeah. I wish I had known about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so from so on that note, what you were just saying. So the last I've ever heard is that out of, let's just say, 100 people, out of 100 people, only five people have a spark. That's kind of and a that, lot. That's a well, lot of potential planeswalkers just walking around. Like, can you imagine Dominaria, like a busy city streets? Can I finish? And then out of those five people that have a spark, only one of them will awaken it. That's still a lot. That's oh a lot of planeswalkers that we it's haven't just, heard of. I'm just trying to give you like a like a an estimate on how this works. Like if Wizards is the one that came up with these numbers, then they are No, I just made up the numbers. Fine. What out of a thousand people, a <laughs> hundred people have a spark, and out of those hundred people, only one person sparks. Is that better? That's still a lot. Ignites. <laughs> That's still a oh lot. My God. Okay, you're getting caught up on the wrong point right now. I think you're getting caught up on the wrong part. Like, all these people could have been in War of the Spark, and they weren't. They could have. There was confirmed that there was a bunch of other Planeswalkers that we didn't see. Was it? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. Well, we're not at War of the Spark yet. Okay, we're well, Mirrodin. we'll get there. Speaking of Mirrodin. Tonight. So, uh, no. So, <laughs> Memnarch transfers the Spark from himself to uh, from Glissa to himself. However, before he can, they both die in the process. Good job. <laughs> they both died so nothing so the spark is just like sitting there and just um, anybody to pick up pretty much so uh what, for whatever reason there was all these devices that attached uh to memnark so when memnark dies quote unquote uh all life on mirrodin starts to end Slowbad, oh, being shit, the competent really? rational golem gets the spark I and Slowbad was the goblin he is Slowbad gets the spark that's just later he picks it up and he eats it five second roll man <laughs> He's like, oh, this is pretty good. And then he forms an addiction to them? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Um, and that's how you so, get Garrick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then, out of nowhere, Karin returns. And Karin's like, what is going on? Uh, and Slowbad's like, oh. Uh, I just ate some stuff off the ground. <laughs> yeah, he's like, are you God? And Karin's like, no. I'm Jesus. I made this. Jesus. He's like, I made, yeah, pretty much. He's like, I made this place. And Karin's like, it's not doing so good. So, Slobet, um, so Karin basically looks around. And he's like, oh, 
That's a dead elf. Oh, that's a dead Marari. Oh boy. My He's son. Like, this isn't. Yeah. My, who did this to you, my son? So Slowbad is like, I really miss my friend, uh, and I want them back. And Karin's like, Well, you could just like sacrifice yourself and resurrect all the people on Mirrodin. And Slowbad's like <laughs> doing it. Yeah. And Slowbad's like, ah. And he opens up his chest like the All Spark from Transformers, and everyone oh on Mirrodin God. is, and everyone on Mirrodin is resurrected. And the soul traps are broken. So everyone goes back to their, their, everyone's souls go back to their original plane. Isn't that nice? I mean, it is until you think like, oh, when they lost their souls in their original plane, they probably died and they probably got buried uh, or incinerated or whatever. However, magic takes care of their corpses. Well, Uh, see, there's a problem there. Because it's confirmed that when the souls go back, they go back. Uh, seconds later, after oh, they okay, left. I just imagined like a bunch of people like well, time waking has up in pa- coffins. Right, so time has passed, except somehow the soul I, traps I, don't do that. Yeah, between planes, sense. I mean, who knows? Like time is yeah, relative, I guess. Sure. Yeah. It's anyway, a sloppy answer, but I mean, it's something. So, so there is an epilogue that happens after Mirrodin, but I'm not going to talk about that because it's a spoiler for a later set. Do tease. I know. So anyway, Karin's basically like, cool, um, I'm going to go ahead and turn Memnarch back into the Mirari because this is not working out too well. And then he's all like, all right, Jessica, let's let's go. We got we to gotta go. He was able to, to reform the Mirari? Yeah, it's, he made it. He did? Yeah, he made the Mirari. We did this already, young Jamie. Wait, did we talk about it in this episode? Yes. Okay, well, I'm just going to cut that so I don't look like an idiot. <laughs> too late. I have all the power, Dave. Okay, so now that so now we're done with Mirrodin. That's what happened on Mirrodin for now. So let's do a little backtracking. Do you remember when I spoke about the blast that caused the shards on uh, Dominaria? Yeah, that was when Urza was like, "Well, if I can't win, fuck you," and yeah, just much, yeah. blew it all up like an asshole. Yeah, yeah and then I you also that. and then you also remember when Furley uh, shattered the shards by casting the world spell. Yes, I remember that. And you also remember I talked about how Teleria, the academy, did a whole bunch of blowing up and all that stuff. And it's stuck in a time rift, right? Yeah, I don't know, stuff like that. And then Wrath, the plane that we know Phyrexians that are from as of right now, uh, tried to overlay with the rest of Dominaria. Yeah, that didn't work though, right? No, it didn't. Caused a lot of damage though. And then also, also, you remember we just spoke about Corona, you know, being Corona, and causing all those problems with the with the ley lines and the mana, right? Uh-huh. Well, you know, what goes around comes around. And you think Dominaria had uh, the worst time ever? Well, it has the worst time now. Oh, all Lord. of that has done irreparable damage to magic and time and the reality on Dominaria. Fuck. And not only And not only has it become more difficult to planeswalk on Dominaria, it's also creating these what's called time rifts. Yeah, that are popping up all over the the collective plane. Now, we're in time spiral. The year is 4,500. Dominaria is not looking good. Uh, a lot of areas are just ravaged and beat up. Mana doesn't flow properly. It's a bad day had by everybody. Uh, Tefri, who's been absent for way too long... Shows up with a brand new swanky ass suit and a staff, and he's all like, "Sup, bitches, what's going on? I'm back." And he looks around and he goes, "Oh, this isn't, this isn't good." 
this isn't how I left this at all. Oh, gosh. And he's all like, uh-oh. But he's got another problem because the phase that he did, the phase, the phase shift that he did on his his hometown and Shiv, the neighboring town, is ending. And he needs to bring them back to Dominaria. Otherwise, well, they're going to get lost forever. But he also needs to get them back to Dominaria without further damaging the plane. Ooh. So, yeah. Wow. So it's not a good time. <sighs> Bad news. So while, so while he's trying to do that, a little time rift opens up above where Shiv would have gone. Tefri makes the ultimate sacrifice and gives up his spark to close the time rift. Oh, re- really? Yeah, he does. That doesn't sound like him at all. I thought he was like a cocky dick. Well, that's a good Well, that's a good point, Jimmy. So let's talk about Tefri for a quick second. So Tefri, when he's first introduced way, 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 way back uh, on Teleria, he's a snot-nosed little punk of a kid who's got an ego and a rash attitude. Um, as he gets older, he gets arrogant, but he also gets a little selfish, but he's very good at what he does. He's a smart student, he's a smart mage, and he's pretty powerful as, a, as it comes along. He's like, After and, his, and all the teachers are like, damn it, Macklin, yeah, get results. <laughs> <laughs> um, as he gets older and he eventually sparks and becomes a planeswalker alongside Urza, he realizes the vast power that he has. And he shifts from being the Snotlow's little punk and jerk to being a little bit more of a, you know, maybe we don't really need to do this. And he takes, he becomes like a backseat driver and he's not a pacifist, but he definitely is like, you know what, like, why do we always just got to like fight and destroy? And he tries to find not so much a more peaceful solution, but he tries to find, well, the not war solution. He believes for a long time that war isn't the answer, fighting isn't the answer, that Listen, like, we just need to protect what we have. But unfortunately, his big picture is usually his hometown and Shiv. He's like, well, I'll just protect that. So, lesson learned. Hmm. As we get Tefri now, he's a little bit more seasoned and he understands that perhaps having, quote-unquote, run, run away wasn't the best choice. So he does lament that idea that maybe if he stayed, maybe it wouldn't have been this bad. Maybe stuff wouldn't have gone gone to this level. But... That's neither here nor there. Yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You always regret the decisions you made. Exactly. And his character arc as growing as a person isn't done yet. But that's neither here nor there as well. So anyway, Tefri gives off his spark and closes the Shivan Rift. Frere Elise shows back up again and she's like, Sub guys, I'm still alive. And everyone's like, oh, sweet. And Lord Windgrace is like, man, I'm still alive too. We're such cool, interesting characters that have been around in magic for so long. It would sure be a shame if something happened to us, Farrelise. And Farrelise is like, "Yeah, that would suck." So Farrelise dies, closing the rift, closing this time rift of oh, the sky no. shroud. And Lord Windgrace imbues his essence in Urborg and dies, closing the rift above it. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. So then Karin shows up, and Karin's like, "Hey, Lord Windgrace. Hey, Farrelise. Oh wait, you're dead. That's sad." So Isn't, then he's all like, "Aren't Farrelise and Lord Windgrace like the last two pre-mending planeswalkers left?" Well, we're not af- the mending has the mending hasn't happened yet. Oh, it hasn't. I thought we no. covered. I thought we covered the mending already. No, I'm sorry. No, no, shh. Soon, soon. So Karin shows up and he's all like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" And he's like, "Oh, you're all dead. Oh, wow, that sucks." Uh, oh, so then he goes to Teleria and he's like, "Oh, I like Teleria." And there's a rift above it, and he's like, "Oh, Teleria, don't go away." So Karin closes the rift over Teleria, but he doesn't give up a spark to do so. However, he kind of just disappears. After it's over. And he, oh. he's gone. And we don't know where he went. Bye, Karen. Anyhow. Time travel. So, yeah. So then Nicobola shows up. What? Who's Nicobolas? Oh, if you fuck. remember, 
I spoke about Nico Bolas way back in the first lore podcast where I said him and his twin brother, uh, Ugin, spoiler alert, uh, were born from the uh, Ur-Dragon progenitor. Anyway, long story short, Nico Bolas is an elder dragon planeswalker, which means he's better than you. No, I'm serious. Like, it doesn't matter who you are or what character you are in Magic. He's a planeswalker who, at this point, are not immortal. Elder Dragon, which, at this point, are not immortal. So he's double so, yeah, immortal. Yeah, so he's basically just double better than you. So any, like, he's like that guy that, like, lives on the street, that looks at your girlfriend whenever you walk by. He's just better than you. <laughs> so anyway, Nico Bolas has been off on another plane, who I'm not going to say the name of. And he has an item from that plane that I'm not going to say the name of. Anyway, so he shows back up, and he's all like, hey, what's going on? Um, I'm Nicol Bolas. And then he's like, well, wow, look at all these riffs. This is bad. Someone should probably do something about this. So Jessica shows up now because she's not apparently hanging out with Karn at the given moment. And she's and, not Phage. And she's not. No, no. She remember she reverted back. This yeah, is no, all good. that's what I'm yeah. saying. She's not You're Phage. Right. She's not Phage. She's, she's feeling real good about herself. Uh, this other planeswalker who's super duper evil named Ledric shows up. Ledric was around during the Phyrexian invasion, but he wasn't really a good I've guy. I've never heard of him either. Yeah, it's probably better that way. Anyway, he's a black planeswalker. He's really bad. He's not a good guy. He likes to mentally manipulate people, and he's a jerk. Anyway, Jessica's walking around minding her own business, and Ledric's like, hey, Jessica. And she's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, I'm going to control you now. And she's like, I'd rather you didn't. Please don't. And he does, and he does anyway. So he uses Jessica to close the rift over Zephyr, which is super great because that means Tefri was able to get Shiv and Zephyr back. back. Did she have um, to give up her spark to do it, though? No, but unfortunately in the process, Zephyr is destroyed. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah, well, womp womp. Oh, so then Lesric's like, cool, good job closing that portal and almost dying. She's like, not a problem. And he goes, hey, do me a favor and close this portal over Yavimaya. And she's like, I'd really rather not. And it's like, not too bad. Do it anyway. Mind control. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it also damages the ecosystem and it destroys, quote unquote, not really, Mutani. Mutani, before you ask me the question, which I know you're going to ask, is just the living embodiment of Yavamaya slash Dominaria. Mostly just Yavamaya. He's a big ancient elemental that, elemental that just doesn't quit. I wasn't going to ask you about him. I already kind of know about him. He's not. He's not dead. He's not dead. Yeah, I know. He shows back up in Dominaria. Yeah, that's where we are right now. I meant future Dominaria. Oh. Anywho, so Ledric's like, sweet, this is working out really well for me. You know what? Let's go close another portal. And she's like, I'd really like to take a rest and maybe have a drink. And he's like, Just no, let her have a nap, jeez. No nap. So they go over to Mardra, and it's just a place. And he's like, hey, you should go close this rift. And then he gets revealed because Nicobola shows up, and he's all like, hey, Ledric, what are you doing? And Ledric's like, nothing. And Necrobolus goes, cool, I'm going to beat you with this item that you don't need to know what the name of it is because it'll spoil where we're going in a couple of episodes for the lore. Is it and the, the GT? No, sh- no, no, what, no, what? It's a, the GT is a freaking sword. What would that do? I don't know. Exactly. I'm anyway, assuming that I'm right, though, because you sounded so defensive about no, it. it. You're not right. It is not the GT. Uh, everybody, everybody pay attention. It's when not it, the GTA. When it is the, it is the GTA. <laughs> it's not the GTA, I swear. Okay. I mean, well, we'll see. Um, so anyway, Bolas is able to beat Ledric. And he's all like, ha, 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 ha. And then he mind controls Ledric and make him close the rift. And then he dies. <laughs> Good. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jessica, Jessica, free, is all like, what happened? Why do I feel tired? Uh, anyway, she sees that there's this huge final rift over that landmass that we were just talking about 
when uh, we were in the onslaught talking about the Mirari and Kamal, the Antaria. She closes that. However, she loses her life in doing so. Sad fact. Oh, no. Yeah, it's super sad. I mean, like, she had a good run. She got to be Phage and then become <laughs> Corona and then go well, back no, to she Phage. Got, she got, I was just going to say she, went, she got to be Phage and then not and then yes. Um, yeah. 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 Anyway. She had a good uh, run. It, did she, though? No, but it's over now. <laughs> um, so, anyway, Je- but one of the reasons that Jessica dies is that she closes one of the largest rifts. Um, closing that final rift acts as a kind of like wave across all of time and all of space and the multiverse. It causes what's known as the mending, and it's a multiversal change to how planeswalkers operate. Planeswalkers no longer are godlike immortals. Um, so the best way to explain it was when a planeswalker is born, they used to get the power of mana from any plane they wanted. So let's say, Jimmy, you're a planeswalker and you're on Dominaria. You can pull mana or mana or whatever from Ravnica or from um, Mirrodin because you're an omnipotent planeswalker. That's how it used to be. Huh. With the mending, what do, what it does is it seals off that wall. So now you're no longer able to pull mana from adjacent planes on your current plane. You can only pull mana from the plane that you're on. So that's the that's the first fundamental difference. So it's automatically weakening planeswalkers to a very high degree. They're not able to cast gigantic magical spells. They're limited. On top of that, they lose their immortality. That's really the big one, it feels like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I have to choose between, like, godlike powers or immortality, I'm probably going to choose immortality because I'll be like, I'll just outlast you. Yeah, I'll God. choose immortality every time. Right, every every time? Every time. Okay, okay. Every, yeah, man, if you say so. Unless there was a way to use all that power to make yourself immortal, <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, that's the mending. So, that closes out the chapter... On what a lot of people say is, uh, well, it's usually just called post uh, pre-mending. Um, it's kind of like that first half, the first big arc of magic. A lot of magic prior to this point is focused on the uh, planeswalkers being so powerful and dealing with what they do and these huge, over-credible threats. And we never really deep dive on the planes as a whole. We usually just get, hey, this is a really powerful dude and he's doing really powerful stuff and then here's a really powerful object and whatever. Um, yeah, so the now we're sh- planeswalkers were like so strong that like you can like cut their head off and they'd be like, yeah, cool, and, and then use, just put and it back on top of their shoulders and yeah. keep walking, right? Um, yeah. Uh, so crazy. what happens now is we get a we get a different kind of magic story that goes forward. So the epilogue pretty much is uh, all the fractures are healed. Dominaria first in Dominaria, then it goes throughout the multiverse like a freaking chain reaction. Um, Dominaria, however, on the good side, is actually healed. Um, with the the mana basically like snaps back, it gets reset so that it starts working normally again, which is super good and helpful for Dominaria because it's been having a great it's not been having a great couple of thousand years. <laughs> now, there's also another thing that becomes relevant much, much, much later on. So prior to the mending, you remember that there was like this portal to Phyrexia, but Phyrexia was on another plane, which means yeah. people, anyone for that matter, could just walk through that portal. And additionally, 
there was also planeswalkers that used to take other people that were non-planeswalkers to other planes. So people who did not have a spark were able to travel between planes. Mm -hmm. However, right now, that is no longer possible. Uh If you do not have a planeswalker spark activated, you are no longer able to travel through the planes. So the caves of Koilas are now just caves. Oh, yeah. They're super just caves. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there was, yeah. Um, Teferi, who did not die, but lost his spark, he sets out to become uh, another type of mage. He meets Jaira, and I don't know, like, they help. They just help. They help. They help. They help the place. I don't know. That's about it. It's not really. This, so this is so Joy, this is after Joyra wakes up from her nap. Oh yeah, yeah. This is like ages ago, ages right. later. Uh, New Planeswalker also is born during this time, and his name is Venser, but no one really cares, and he won't play a really big role later on in some other set or something like that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, Nicobolus gets really pissed because he realized that he lost all of his uh, millennia upon millennia worth of knowledge and power, and he's uh. How do you lose all the knowledge? Well, so you have to understand that when you're a planeswalker and you're next to Omnipotent, you have all this power and you're able to basically hoard it. You're next to a god. Now, Nicobolus is back to being as mortal as he could have been. Mm-hmm. So he's li- he's limited on what he's able to hold. So he's lost knowledge. And he's not happy about that. And I would assume, and don't quote me on this, but I would assume he'd go about some way of maybe trying to fix that. Oh, uh, you don't say. No, I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I, maybe. There's a spitballing. I mean, maybe, yeah, I'm just, maybe yeah, he, might, I, I don't know. he might scheme or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that takes us up to the bending. And that's a pretty... the. The Time Spiral was one of my favorite sets. I played back then. It was a lot of fun. It had special like cards in it. Um, they had eight, each ow, each set had a special gimmick. So Time Spiral, Planar Chaos, and Future Sight all had like special things going on. So Time Spiral had time shifted cards, where in the card there was a separate rare. It had a purple uh, symbol. We didn't have mythics back then. We only had rares. So it was a purple rare, rarity symbol of the set. And it was a card from a previous magic set that was in the pack. So, like, example, like, Psychonic, a Psionic Blast was a super old card. It was in the packs as the time-shifted rare. So it was basically, and they were in, like, old-style borders, too. So basically what they were saying is, like, these old cards from past times somehow magically time-traveled to the future into these packs. So that just sounds, to me, that just sounds like laziness. <laughs> Wow. Well, like they if just you were playing print, back then, you would have like, been like oh, well, we don't have to print as many. We don't have to come up with as many cards this set. No, 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 no. The set was a full set. This was on top of that. Oh, okay. And they, were, and they were in every pack. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. It wasn't lazy. Oh, okay, okay. And then the next set, Planar Chaos, they did color-shifted uh, cards. So certain uh, commons, uncommons, and rares were color-shifted. So the most popular one, well, not one of the most popular ones, is Damnation. Damnation is just color-shifted Wrath of God to black. Is Red Elemental Blast like one of those? No. No. That's a perfectly normal card. Ish. A red counter spell. Yeah, totally yeah. perfectly normal. They did Mana Tights, which is just four spike, but it's the white I but like, a white I version. love that card. You would. Um, I have so, no idea why. I've never gotten to play it before. I just think it's a really a cool idea. I mean, sure. Especially for so a those, white deck. Oh, yeah. So there was all these cool, like, color-shifted... So you had colors doing things that they didn't normally or never had really done. And then finally, when we got to Future Sight, they go, well, we've been to the past. We've been to the present. 
and we've been all around the multiverse. Yeah, so we went to the future. So what they did is they had special borders on cards. That was a Bill reference. And they were called future shifted. And they were cards that would, quote unquote, in theory, be from future magic sets. Um, I mean, it was Like Tarragoyf. Uh, yeah, for example, Termograph, who's not been in another magic set. But yeah, it's whatever. he hasn't, right? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> they don't need to reprint that card. Fuck it. Uh, um, but in today's standards, I don't even know if that would be a really like, good magic no, card would. at this point. It would. It would. It would. You think It'd so? An, it would be an... Well... I mean, like, yeah, he's a two-mana whatever the fuck he is. But, like, yeah, you get some right. big stuff now. Yeah, that is true. He probably wouldn't be that great. Like, he's a vanilla for other, all intents and purposes. Well, you have to think about when Delirium was in the format. Okay, yes. That would have been a really good time to reprint him. Oh, wow, yeah, that actually would have been. Um, it would have been a bad. mythic for sure. Oh, oh, he's a mythic easy. Um, which is weird and funny because if you think about it, most decks are going to have four types of cards. Four oh different types God. of cards in their deck. Tarnabook is supposed to be, like a, be a big creature, right? Like, a big... Yeah. Well, what if he's I, in Layer of the Behemoths? He's not. Oh, but he could be. He's not. But what if he is? He's not. Dave, don't ruin this for me. I already did. <laughs> I still have Anyway, so the Future Shifted cards were super fun, and it was great, and I definitely, we should definitely talk about those. Um, but yeah, I loved it. It was good times. Speaking of cards that you love, Dave, I know that last time we did a spotlight on a card that I liked. Uh, I was wondering if you had a card that you wanted to talk about this week. I do have a card I want to talk about. And it's almost like I knew you were going to say that and I prepared it in advance. Well, you did say last week that you had your own card, so. I did, I did, I did. Yeah, uh, this week, this card is a personal favorite of mine that I found while I was hanging out with you in Florida for the pre-release weekend just a couple weeks ago. The card is from Ice Age and it's called Ice Prism. It is two blue and it's an enchantment. And Ice Prison reads exactly from its original text. When Ice Prison comes into play, remove target creature from the game. When Ice Prison leaves play, return that creature to play under its owner's control as though it was just summoned. During your upkeep, destroy Ice Prison. Any player may pay three colorless mana to prevent this. It's like so O-Ring. So if your opponent really wants you to keep your O-Ring. Yeah. So you could like put it on if you were playing commander, you could like put it on uh, something that one of your opponents is like, oh, I'm having a lot of trouble with that. You can put this yeah. on there and be like, cool, this is your responsibility now. You have to <laughs> yeah. feed it and love it and take care of it <laughs> and pay three mana at each of your upkeeps. But it's a it's a blue exiling spell. Blue doesn't do that. Yeah, they don't really. They no, don't get they hard don't. removal like that. I so I I picked this card up and it was not expensive. Uh, just to have it like. It's amazing how Magic has like 18,000 plus unique cards and I still after two decades of playing can find just find a random card like this that's like I've never seen this card and this is just interesting. Is it good? Uh, up for debate. <laughs> yeah, you have to be but looking it, sometimes you have to look through all the bad stuff in order to find but, something cool. Yeah, but is it interesting? Absolutely. When we talk, we just talked about time spell and like planar chaos and color shifting. I mean, yeah, this is from Ice Age, but this is something that Blue does not do on a regular basis. Yeah, this could have easily been a color-shifted card. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, this is effectively color-shifted Banishing Light or Journey to Nowhere or something like that. Like, I'm I'm all about it. And I'm not saying the three at any 
the three, paying the three every turn is good, but the fact that any player can pay the three actually makes it better because that means that even if you can't pay it, it's possible for someone else to pay it for you. They should have reprinted that card in Battle Bond. Oh, wow. That yeah. would have been really cool. Wow, yeah, that would have been a really good place to put it. Or at least redo it. Like, yeah. Missed opportunity, Wizards. Yeah, call wow, me. that's crazy. Yeah, don't. Don't call them. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. How am I going to get you in if I can't get in? Oh, I don't know, man. All right, so that was a lot of lore today. How'd you like it, Jimmy? I thought it was really good. I like the it's part. Very interesting. I like the part where I don't know stuff happened. A lot of weird stuff happened. Right? It's so weird. The magic storyline's crazy, man. It really is. Well, either way, it was a super fun time, and uh, let, thank you for letting me share my icy prison card because I love that card. <laughs> thank you for sharing I'm, it with me. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> and thank you for explaining all that lore to me there's no way i would have read all that stuff on my own oh man did i gloss over stuff absolutely did i change things Pfft, of course but was it fun absolutely <laughs> I mean, it's some serious flack from the the vorthos out there oh fudge them uh, well, that's the stuff so, i live for so bring it on do you know what we're going to talk about next time i have absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about next time i know what we're going to talk about next time do you want and to <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to talk gonna, about next time, Dave? We're not going to talk about lore. We're going to talk about pioneer. Oh, fun! Yeah, yeah, right. Pioneer. Yeah, we're going to pioneer a new episode. Cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you for thank you for listening to us. This is Mythical Magic. I'm Jimmy. No, wait, no, I'm David. <laughs> and I'm David. <laughs> oh, uh, the, all right. And this is Magic Mythical Mythical Magic. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>